need of a little music therapy? Singer-songwriter Theo Tams joins us to talk about winning Canadian Idol, finding your own voice and identity in the music industry, how his journey through sobriety brought clarity and creativity, and the importance of finding your tribe, how streaming and social media affects artists these days. So, kick back with us and enjoy a candid and funny chat with Theo Tams, coming up on Uncensored Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to a very special episode of Uncensored Radio today. I am super excited. I'm here by myself, but I am not alone because I am super excited to be sharing a little bit of time with an artist that if you haven't checked out yet, you really need to get to know. We are so, so, so happy to welcome Theo Tams to the show today. Hey, how you going, Theo? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. No, it is our pleasure. And you're in sunny. It looks it looks sunny, Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sun is just going down. I'm actually I'm uh, I'm in my trailer in the middle of the woods. So my apologies if uh, the connection isn't great, but uh, hopefully we'll get no. through. Oh, good. So we're gonna very quickly introduce you to the world. If they haven't seen you yet, they really should. Let's let's even start. Let's start out with a. If you're not following Theo, get get on it. You know, you can check him out on Spotify and of course TikTok, yeah, where you where you don't stop. You are literally on the grind on TikTok all the time. I love that. I am. I am. Yeah. It's uh, it's so interesting though because I fought so hard to not be on that uh to not be on that platform i was like i'm not going to be one of those artists on tiktok and then i finally surrendered and and now it's like my favorite thing <laughs> so yeah, I, have, it's a very, uh, I have been bitten by like the tiktok bug it's a very different environment i was never a tiktoker either and then we started to do it for the page because we never we never had a uncensored tiktok and then jeffrey's like oh we'll get a tiktok Everyone should get a TikTok. I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. And then I'm like, oh, oh. And then you wake up, you're like, I'm at 2 a.m. doing these ones or watching lives, <laughs> lives going, oh, this is amazing. But, you know, that's right, how yeah, life goes. <laughs> Addictive stuff. So, as I said, if you don't know Theo, we're going to take it right back to 2009. You were a winner, a winner of Canadian Idol, my friend. That's that is no small thing. Like what, we're not going to go too far into it, but what are your main memories slash emotions around that time? Because that's, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it really wasn't. I'm so sorry. My like huge dog is trying to get on the couch right now. That's okay. We love him. We love him. I will bring him up for all. Uh, he needs okay. to be seen. He wants the wants the attention, Dad. He's like, give it to me. He I want to be known. This is like <laughs> the story of my life right now. Who's going to get more camera time? Me or the dog? That's okay, buddy. Need... Look at him. I need to be in music videos. Oh. I need to be in lives. I need to be in everything. Oh. There he is. Yes, there he is. The biggest. <laughs> okay, lay down now. <laughs> You've had enough. Lay down, yeah. Um, I mean, Canadian Idol was, I think, like all of those types of reality shows, I feel like it's a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. You know, for me, I think that uh, 
I had just maybe six months prior come out to my like very, very Christian parents. Uh, so that wasn't going well. And to me, like I, I still talk about it now, like my main motivation for going on that show was to be an escape route out of kind of this very toxic environment that I was, I was currently living in. So I honestly just had the hopes of kind of making the top 10 or the top five to try to build some connections to kind of get me out of the small town that I was living in, never in kind of my wildest dreams that I expect to win. I don't even think I allowed myself to even process that as an option. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of, uh, a nice little cherry on top of a, of a crazy experience for sure. It's amazing. And yeah, as you said, you, you got a very different run as a winner. Like you were the first openly gay winner in North America, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, apparently at the time, and I'm not sure if that's changed, but at the time I was the first openly gay winner of the franchise. Anyway. Yeah, because yeah. Will, yeah, Will, Will Young hadn't come out then in Pop Idol over there, and exactly, yeah, you you gave Adam Adam Lambert your thumbs up, but you also yeah. got a little bit of a different slog of things too. Normally, you know, it's an album straight away, and you go out on the road and all that kind of thing. They gave you time to, you know, you co-wrote seven songs on your first album for an Idol contestant. That's out there. That's a big yeah. chance. I mean. I remember like we collectively as a top 10 um, kind of like through this, almost like this coup d'etat against the producers saying that uh, we weren't going to rush the album. We collectively came together as a group of 10 of us. And I remember the producers were like, uh, you know, well, you already signed the contract and all 10 of us were kind of like, well, then we quit. Like we're the ones with the power here. Like, what are you going to do? You, if yeah, all exactly. ten of us leave, you're screwed, not us. So, <laughs> so we all hopped into like a lawyer's office, and we like with the producers and with the, um, like the network CTV at the time. We all kind of like came together to try to find something that was workable, and I think we ended up deciding on eight or nine months as opposed to three. Yeah, uh, which I'm super thankful for. I mean, I, uh, I definitely, I love to be known as like a singer's singer but I think the heart of my artist is, is in the writing process. Uh, oh, that's such a bad picture. Oh, dear Lord. It's a baby face. Look at your baby oh. face with no I beard. I don't know why I was like trying to be like the second coming of Justin Bieber there, but <laughs> it was, well, uh, it was 2000. Come on. We give right. ourselves permission to grow. You know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's very. You look very um, boy band. Like you're breaking. This is my solo album. It's happening. True. True. <laughs> so what's what's your relationship like with that body of work now? Because I know that a lot, especially like Demi Lovato's been in the news lately, talking about how her old work wasn't necessarily her, and da 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 da, and all that kind of thing. And it seems to be a trend for people to distance themselves from the stuff that started. They started out with, but you got to write a lot of the stuff that you started out with. So it's a, how, how's your relationship with that music now? Um, I mean, overall I'm, I feel like I'm really blessed in the sense that like, I still very much stand behind the majority of, of everything that I've released. There's a few 
um, <laughs> on that album in particular, and then on the on the sophomore one uh, that I really didn't want on the project, and I kind of just okay. I I had to learn that you know as much as this isn't this isn't just called like uh, the music industry; it's called the music business, uh, and I feel like that was kind of business 101 for me is is kind of learning when you can really put your foot down and when you have to be a little bit more flexible uh and i think that's just the case especially when you come from a show like that where you're thrown off into the deep end trying to navigate this industry that you have you know kind of no clue about uh so yeah there are some that are are like super cringy for me now but for the most part i feel like i'm uh i'm pretty stoked of everything still now i'm gonna worry that i'm gonna be like oh, i love this i'll be like yes that's you're gonna be like i love that one it's yeah, amazing yeah. no i would kelly clarkson so kelly clarkson's been quite vocal about her relationship with her winner single as well that's a, that was, she's like i never want to sing this song again and for the for the longest time she's like never Never, but she's come back around. So I, I guess again with time, you go. Well, this song gave me X, Y, and Z. It may not be, you know, what I would have done for myself, but it's right. it's kind of opened the door to everything. I think. Well, do you have some kind of emotion for sing? You're like, oh, I still have. Um, some <laughs> we, we're still in a difficult time. <laughs> I think for me, when I first heard it just the fact that it was piano driven, I was kind of like, okay, like I can work with this. Um, I think the thing that I struggle with that song and that I still struggle with is that it's not the type of lyric that I'm drawn to. Like when yeah. I write lyrics in, in the stuff that I write, I don't really write with, I'm not super poetic. Like I'm very straight to the point. Uh, you know, if I want to write about how you pissed me off, I'm just going to say you pissed me off kind of thing. So writing or singing lyrics that are so kind of uh you know like metaphorical like i still don't know what it means like when it, there's a lyric in the chorus that says we're gonna sing till the stardust falls around us and i was like i have no i i have no idea what that means it's <laughs> like, a good I, way to get vocal notes i feel i feel yeah, like yeah, yeah i'm not gonna sing that long girl no yeah. that's it. <laughs> not happening not for free anyway it's like no yeah <laughs> but so yeah you got you went straight from winning to developing the album they chucked you out on tour you went to afghanistan i did yeah so can you I talk mean, a little bit about that for me so that kind of came a few years after idol um i think it was 2010 maybe 2011 and uh it was kind of an opportunity that came out of the blue i found out maybe three weeks before I was going and uh, yeah, they just asked as kind of the, the reigning quote unquote Canadian idol, if I would go to Afghanistan and sing for the troops over Canada day, which is July 1st. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm super kind of adventurous. So immediately I was like, yes, of course, like what an incredible experience. Um, and to this day, I think in terms of, you know, my overall career, the things that I've been super fortunate to do that ranks very, very high on the list of, of um, just incredible experiences. I remember being on stage, I had just sung the anthem, my piano was there. And uh, 
I'm maybe into my second or third song and a rocket alarm went off, which means that like the radar had detected some type of missile. And uh, so the rocket alarm goes off. It's like, woo, woo. And all of a sudden there's 250 Canadian soldiers in front of me that just hit the ground in the position of like, you know, hands over their head. And I just remember being like, what, what the fuck? Like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, I was, I was terrified. Uh, but it turns out like, I mean, that happens quite often that it kind of comes into the space, but doesn't hit anywhere. Um, but yeah, it was, it was eye opening for sure. You know, like I was in Kandahar on the airbase for five or six days, I think. And, uh, it, it was a super intense experience for me in five days. I can't even imagine what these men and women who are there for months at a time, uh, you know, just protecting our freedom and, uh, you know, putting their lives on the line and being away from their friends and family for so long. It was just uh, such an incredible opportunity to get to some face-to-face time with those people. Wonderful. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you have my props. I can't even imagine what it's like to go into a war zone and be like, okay, sing, sing, sing. Oh, missiles. Okay, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was scary. <laughs> not easily distracted. Theo Tams, not easily distracted. Let's <laughs> all put it that way, hey? <laughs> it's, I like it. It's good. So we went, we went, for, we went, you know, further on after, I guess, after the major label machine, I guess you would call it your EP. So, yep. what? The amazing thing I love to do when I find a new artist, because I didn't follow you straight away. As I said, we got I got a little bit obsessed after FPG, which we're going to talk about. But is finding like little songs that I got this. Huh, that's it. I have one. I don't know if it's going to be one of the ones that you that, that you hate. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, when you're not around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just stood out to me. I was like, and I was like, have a little <laughs> bop in the kitchen the other day. I'm like, you get down with your bad self. It's very, like, very pop. Very it pop. Is. I'm like, oh. It is. When You're Not Around is still a song that I will perform at the odd show. Um, I think I have a soft spot for that song, even though artistically I've grown a lot since then. Uh, just because I never... I shouldn't say never, but I very rarely write from the place of like happiness, <laughs> like, <laughs> which it makes me sound like I'm just this emo kid and I promise I'm not, but uh, just the music that I do and the art that I do is always kind of just inspired by, you know, just the darker kind of emotions on the human experience. Uh, so when you're not around was just, just such a joy to write. And I would just remember it's when I had just started dating my partner uh who's still my partner now he's my fiance now uh we had been together maybe maybe three or four months at that time and i was just so infatuated with him and and uh so it was it was kind of a cool experience to write from that place which uh like i said is is very rare for me so do you as a writer do you set out to go okay i am going to write a pop song i'm going to write a ballad or does the the feeling dictate the song eventually um i guess i try to and i'm gonna sound like such a hippie here like i'm an annoying hippie i'm sure but 
the more that I've kind of grown artistically, I really kind of just try to channel, to be a channel for the ideas that are coming around me. So I try not to put too much thought into restrictions like genre or whether it's commercial or whether it's radio playable. I find I really just kind of try to channel whatever is whatever's coming through. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I try not to put too much boundaries or restrictions on it. There are times, however, especially when the business comes in hard, uh, whether that's my label or my publisher that says kind of we need a song to fit into this vein. So there are times that it's not as flexible as I'd like it to be artistically, but I think that's just a learning process too. And you've done that, mate. You've done that radio thing before. You know, you've been on radio. You've been through that. I guess I, I keep calling it the machine, but it is really a machine. When you sign onto a major label, you're like, yes, sir, this, you're going to give me whatever. Okay, excellent. You're not going to support that. All right, awesome. Move on. Yeah, Choose what you right. can. But there's a lot of there's a lot of freedom in your music, especially um, on Call the Doctor. How, the songs like Romeo and James and the last song are very different. Like those songs are are they important, those kind of songs to you, especially as a gay artist, to be visible, to be vocal about that? Or are they? it's just your experience, you're like, this is me? Um, I think a bit of both. I feel like as, you know, any artist, I feel like you have a responsibility to be authentic. And I think sometimes as queer artists, we feel like we can't be for the sake of the business. I mean... I think that things are changing and they've definitely changed a lot since I won Idol. I mean, I remember when I when I dropped that I was gay on Canadian Idol, I feel like the world stood still. It was this huge, huge thing. Um, you know, so the world has come a long way in, in 14 years. Um, but I feel like that, not just those two songs, but that entire EP for me, Call the Doctor, was... Um, and still is, I think, some of the most important music that I've made. It was such a diary album to me uh, and for me that I I really had to kind of fight tooth and nail for. I knew that it wasn't playlistable. I knew that it wasn't necessarily commercial. So I really had to write that, all of those songs, for me, hoping and trusting that they would find, um, that they would find their way. And I think what's so interesting about the music that I've released since is that people are going back to that album now. And it's so insane to me that it was released, you know, six, seven years ago now. And uh, people are saying, you know, like, Good For You is one of my favorite songs of yours. And and the last song and Romeo and James and and Weeds even. So it's, it's, uh, it's really cool. I think that that's one of the ways that the industry has really changed is that you know, we can move single to single all we want as artists, but we still have a catalog that's open for people. And discovery is the best. And I think back to being a younger, a younger person, discovering a new artist is always really thrilling as well. Like I, I remember listening to you. I was like, this song's a bop. I'm going to check out more. I'm going to check right. out more. I'm going to check out more. Oh, he's on TikTok. I'm gonna end up like a crazy stalker person. That's okay, but, but it's got, it's kind of intoxicating that you're like, oh, this is all there and it's available. I can see where you started from to mm-hmm. where you are today, and it all really kind of informs. If, yeah, like you, you get to know you because you are a very 
deeply personal right like the stuff the songs you write like whoa okay boy you're not afraid to put it out there which is which is good like you know what i mean i mean especially for people that come from reality tv Mm -hmm. there is the character that they create for you and then you have to get to know your your audience even further and i think with music like yours you can't help but go oh i've been there I, i feel that i feel those feelings like, it's very deep. I think I'm glad that it's it's resonating that way. You know, it's it's taken a kind of a long time, but that was kind of my thought behind starting to release these these collections of songs in trilogies. Is that I love the I love the notion that you know two three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, you know, if I'm you know lucky enough to still be creating music is that I, I want people to be able to go back and to pull out this little trilogy of songs and kind of see exactly where I was, you know, in my life. And for them all to kind of, you know, fit together um, in a cohesive way, but also to be able to stand alone. You know, I love that they can say, you know, a trilogy one was just super smooth and easy and trilogy three was kind of this big fuck you and, you know, trilogy is this and trilogy nine hundred is that whatever it's going to be. So, uh, I'm excited about that. It's it's. Uh, I feel like it's something that's kind of new and fresh. It's great for you to have as well. You can look back and go, "This is a time capsule of this time of my life." I've got this. I've got this, and I've got this. Exactly. Now, as I said, you're not afraid to go. You're not afraid to go personal. One last chance is uh. is a deep 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 moment <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah i was i re-listened to it again today this morning before i i was like whoa you you went in there mm-hmm. is it was it important for you to be honest about your sobriety journey as well because that's part of you or is it just again your part of music you use music as therapy obviously to go mm-hmm. process process uh, this is how i feel this is for someone who has, you know, known people that have struggled with sobriety, that that's a very deep song and it's a brave thing to do. So I applaud that. But Thank yeah, you. you can really hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, one last chance is uh, it's, it is, it's such a personal song. I still, it's interesting because there was no pressure from the label or anyone else to release that song. I wrote it as kind of, um, you know, I kind of wrote it maybe in January or February when I was only, you know, six weeks, eight weeks sober. And I feel like I wrote it because I needed something to hold me accountable. I felt like if right. I wrote it, then especially a song called One Last Chance, then I kind of was manifesting this acceptance that, you know, this was it for me if I didn't get my shit together this time, then, you know, it was over. So uh, in the moment it felt right. Um, It's really hard now being, you know, I just hit my 20 month mark uh, and I've grown a lot. Yeah, that's amazing. And you know, I've grown, thank you. I've grown a lot in the last year and a half. So it's, uh, it's a song that has resonated with people so strongly. It gets requested a lot. People come to shows to hear it. 
And uh, that's when it gets a little tricky to navigate for me yeah. because I feel like I have to continually go back to that moment. Um, but like if you open like, a wound, right? You're like, it's starting yeah. to heal over, but let's just, you know, yeah, oh, exactly. have but another I mean, crack at it. Yeah, I feel like that's one perspective and maybe the other perspective that I have to remind myself of is that I wrote the song for accountability. So if every single time I play it, it, it still hurts a little bit, then that's just all the more reason, you know, to kind of stay sober. So, uh, but yeah, I have a complicated relationship with that song. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, it's not, sometimes it's not as straightforward as singing a song. Like a, that's it. you get attachments, especially when you write it, you're like, okay, let's open this one up again. Oh, yeah. yeah, do you like that? Ouch, that hurts a bit. But uh, that's what makes, again, I think, especially people that come up from reality TV, there's always been this stigma that, you know, someone handed people a career and that you don't, like, like you were studying music and doing all this stuff before you'd released an EP, before you went on to Idol, even with Australian Idol contestants. It's amazing to see that there's a lot of them, like 10, 15 years, in the, still into their career, still making music when people are like, oh, well, whatever, I've washed my hands of you. And just because they're not major label stars anymore, people think that they just stop existing or, like, in a place in time, it's like, oh, you, you, you don't grow after that single that you had in 2012. It's like, okay, no, there's been a whole life after that. And that's, right. the, I guess, the, good, the goodness. The good thing about Spotify and all that kind of stuff is that you can keep documenting because you have, you've well and truly hit a creative run. <laughs> from like 2021 to 2022 like whoa boy you've been busy yeah, yeah exactly you've been a busy boy I, I have to laugh every time i listen to this song yes <laughs> I'm like, you get it he gets it that's like metaverse 110 you're like he gets what it is yeah i could be uh, hot if i was on spotify it's like <laughs> i remember going into the studio with that song and i just thought that Hot If I and Spotify was just the funniest rhyme. And I remember talking to my producer and my co-writer, uh, who I've written a few songs with, Ali Sue, who's just a brilliant, brilliant writer. And she, I just remember this like look of wonderment came over her and she was just like, oh my God, like we can do something so fun with this. And uh, we showed it to the label afterwards and they were like, oh, like this is a jam, but like we could never release this. And I was just like, why? And they were like, well, like you're really going to piss off Spotify if you release a song about how like the downfall of the music industry is streaming and then expect them to stream <laughs> it. And uh, so that was also a really hard song to promote because I was just like, please go stream the song or that I wrote about hating streaming, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh but I mean, to me, it was just like, I always, and especially since getting sober, I've, I've really just learned to show up, you know, in whatever capacity I can in the moment. And that was just a studio session that uh, I think we had just dropped Fixable and we had dropped Jekyll Hyde Love and Spotify was just sleeping on me sleeping on everything and i was just so fucking annoyed and i just started to even believe myself as an artist that do i only have value 
if I'm doing well on that platform. If I'm hitting millions of streams on Spotify, does that all of a sudden make me a better artist? Or does it right, make me yeah. worth as an artist more? Am I more valuable? And I said, if I'm feeling like that, as someone who, you know, I'm very blessed to be making a living doing music, I can't even imagine what it's feeling like for, you know, these kids out there that are so talented who can't even get their music on the platform. You know, right. Spotify was created to take away the power from major labels when all they've done is just become the biggest label in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. <laughs> what is it? You, um, you live enough, live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It's like, Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's all right. But look, again, it's like, Oh, necessary evil. And I love that you went better with it. You went, you know what? I've been playing the game for long enough. This is the game. I'm going to acknowledge the game. Yeah. One game. On. Yeah. One game that we love and uncensored radio <laughs> loved. This is Jeffrey's jam. Uh, yes. <laughs> we have to talk about it. You, looking fine in this music video too, by the way, oh, thank very you. suave, very rap. Like I'm like, yeah. this is cool. I was like, Jeff's like, you need to listen to this song. I'm like, I was like, yeah, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. And I was like, what's the video? Like, yeah, I'm feeling you. It's good. So it's a dip. Um, yeah. Talk to me more about FBG. It's like, okay. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. FBG Fuckboy games was originally written when I first wrote it. Um, I wrote it last summer uh, up at my trailer uh, in a situation very similar to this. I was just chilling out with the dogs and kind of listening to some beats that my producer had sent to me. And uh, I originally wrote the song called Straight Boy Games. And I thought that it could kind of be, I thought that it I could like kind that. of be like this, almost this queer anthem of how like this guy was playing me the way that, you know, straight guys play girls a lot of the yeah. time. And uh, so we recorded it in uh, in the studio and my producer who's just like the straightest guy ever was just like I don't know how I feel about this and I was just like well you're not supposed to get it anyways and then <laughs> he sent me a message late 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 that evening two three o'clock in the morning I was already sleeping and he just wrote fuckboy games and I was just like what are you talking about and he's just like that's the song he was just like I feel like it hits so much stronger and you're pretty yeah. much saying you know what it is you want to say but it opens the door to, and I think that's what's so funny is that Karma Rivera, who's the rapper on the track, um, she identifies as a lesbian. <laughs> she's just like, I love that I'm singing about fuckboys. Like, I'm a lesbian, <laughs> but she's just like, I'm everywhere. Even, everyone knows a fuckboy. <laughs> like, even a girl can be a fuckboy. It's just the term, yeah. right? So I was just like, uh, and I feel like FBG was kind of a turning point for me branding wise. Uh, and what's so interesting is we started to tease, uh, tease the song with the video and the visualizers. I could just see on Instagram and Facebook specifically. my number <laughs> to drop. And I was just like, you know, my team was like, Oh, I don't know if we did the right thing. And I was like, we totally did the right thing because I can't have that hyper conservative, audience from idol following me around when 
all I feel like they're waiting to do is cancel me anyways, you know, like just for being me. So he's not sitting at a piano. Cancel him. Cancel him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I felt uh, it was just a bold, bold move. And uh, it's one of my favorite songs that I've released in the last couple of years. So yeah, I'm proud of it. It would be a fun song to perform as well. A hundred percent. Because you can see him in the audience, like, it's songs about you. I can see you, and <laughs> yeah. you, and you, and you, and you. <laughs> I'm sure they would be out there. Now, my another recent one, which I, I get down to a lot, this is a kitchen dancer, this one. I bop to Limbo. Yes. I bop. I love the um the the spoken word voicemail, like late nineties Janet Jackson moment that's in there. I'm like, Theo, you yeah. go, you yeah. get down with your bad self. That was another, uh, that was another kind of just bold choice that we made. And the label wasn't sure about it at first. They were kind of like, you know, is it, does it even make sense? And I was just like, I feel like it, yeah. Just is this moment of like, I I really wanted that song to just be like the, like I said, I'm not poetic. So if I'm going to say fuck you, I just want to say fuck you. And the entire song was just meant to be one big middle finger. And I was like, what better way to just completely call this guy out than call him out? Uh, look, I... I, I'm not gonna, I'll show my cards. I relate to that song very heavily. I'm yes. Like, oh, where was this song 10 years ago? I would have been like, this is you. <laughs> just showed it to someone, just cramming it in their face. I feel like right. I should have tagged him in it and be like, hey, heard a song, thought of you. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we grow, we grow, we get better. We get better, we don't get bitter. It's okay. We breathe. <laughs> That's okay. It's all good. <laughs> so we have to talk about new single. Yeah, new single. Yeah. on Thursday. And again, look at look at this photo. Look, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know those hoochie daddy shorts. Look at those shorts. Come on, you come know. On. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm all about it. Talk to us about kickback. What can we expect? Uh, Kickback is kind of in the same kind of vein as uh, therapy. It's just this very kind of effortless, cool, chill kind of vibe. Uh, It's interesting that we spoke earlier about when you're not around, kind of of being written from that place of of just, you know, happiness and security with someone. And and Kickback is kind of in that vein. Uh, I wrote it you know, kind of just reminiscing back about when I first met my partner and how, I don't know about you, but I am just a, I am like a critically bad overthinker. Uh, Like I can analyze things. uh, You know, I, I can be like, Oh, like why didn't he hold my hand? And if he did hold my hand, why didn't he hold it tighter? And I can just be, I'm crazy. (laughs) Like I can be a little bit, nuts so uh i i wanted to write just about that moment about when you kind of just learn uh your value and that sometimes just the easiest thing to do and i and i say it to you know all of my um followers on tiktok too 
but just the community that I've built there is that I think the one thing that you really learn to trust as you get older is that just showing up is enough. And I feel like it took me so long to learn that even within the relationship that I'm in now. I mean, we've been together 11 years and I think it's only been in the last couple of years that I've started to believe that like, he's not going to all of a sudden leave one day, (laughs) you know? So it's, uh, I feel it was, yeah, just kind of written from that place of, um, I'm just going to kick back and show up for you and, uh, trust that you'll do the same for me. So it's the, um, spiritual big brother older wiser version of when you're not around i'm looking forward to it exactly i'm looking forward to it now before before you leave we do have to talk about your tiktok community because tam's team as someone who was an outsider and someone who dabbled my toe in i have never experienced a fan base that has been so welcoming and so lovely and so ready to engage new people and they love you love you and but that's so not like i've met some lovely people just <laughs> scrolling in my bed at 2 a.m watching right. watching you guys live and i'm like is how refreshing is that that you know after even after you know the idol journey and everything these people are like yeah we're here we love everything you do like they seem like a great group <laughs> they are the community that I've been fortunate to build, and it's not, I mean, I say all the time, I didn't build it. I, I just facilitated, you know, the space. Um, you all have, and, and all of them have built it, you know, communally as a, as a community. So, um, but it has just been, it sounds ridiculous to say that it's been life-changing, but it has been for me in the last year and a half. It's been life-changing. It's been career-changing. Um, and I think the one thing that people gravitate to in those lives is that I, there's no smoke and mirrors with me. I wish, I wish that I was able to, I almost wish that I could create this persona and kind of, you know, be a little, like bring out my inner Lady Gaga and just give you guys this character that's, and I just, I'm so bad at that. (laughs) I think that's what's just built this community is that I just kind of show up um, in whatever space I'm in. And, you know, I encourage people to do the same, uh, especially on social media where it's so often the opposite of that. Everything is, you know, filtered. um, Constructed. Yes, exactly. And it's just, it, it feels so fabricated. So I wanted to make sure that, that what I offer is uh, it's just very candid and very real and very raw. And uh, it seems to be working. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. And, you know, the numbers <laughs> keep growing and it's cool to see. Definitely. I mean, look, and you are not afraid to read a bitch too. If they come, listen. I've seen you like mid song, see the way like, wait, listen. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's happening. This is happening. It's like worth the admission. It's like, oh, go, go. Okay, so right. Here's the thing is that like, I feel like it's one of the ways that the industry has changed is that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like when I first won Idol, there was the online bullying that happened after I had won that show was, was brutal. And I was just so encouraged by my label and my publicist, you know, just, just rise above it 
and be the bigger person and don't engage in the hate and because it just spurs more and blah, blah, blah. And I think the industry has changed that way now that public figures have no problem shutting it down. And I have no issue with it because clearly you're not a fan of my, mine anyways. So fuck off. Like, I just, <laughs> I leave me it. alone. Like, don't come in here and spew your negativity. I hope that you heal from whatever is causing you to want to hurt me. But hurt people hurt people. It has nothing to do with me. Leave me the fuck alone. Can I, can I have the quote? That I, it, was, it was a while ago now since I've heard it. There's, okay. um, there's, uh, there's, 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 there's three things I know how to do. Oh, no. Oh, I cannot believe. Okay, so. <laughs> I need it. I was there for it. I was like, this is okay, gold. Yeah. I mean, and I stand by it. I feel like it would be really good merch to sell. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> um, especially when someone comes on my live and says, like, you're out of tune. And I just say, listen, like, you're going to have to try something better than that. Because at the end of the day, there's three things I know how to do. I know how to sing. I know how to cook. And I know how to fuck. <laughs> yeah. What else do you need, boy? What else do you need? Oh, my God. I'm going to get dropped <laughs> from the label tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it's okay. No, of course not. Look, I, no. th that's the thing. You know, It is so refreshing to see people have an honest reaction. You, you do come from that early 2000s media trained, yes, smile. Everyone has to like me because yeah. otherwise they won't buy my stuff. And now... You've been through that. You, you don't have to play that game. There is there are different ways to play the game these days. Exactly. And if people just want to throw like throw crap at you and, and make you feel a bad way for whatever, and that is more about them. But you have a lot of love around you, as you said, with your with your lovely partner, with your community, and of course, ah, uh, oh, babies, babies everywhere. <laughs> No, I was sleeping. Yeah. He is the best. I mean, both of them are great. Georgia is still, <laughs> she's only seven months old, so she's a handful. She's a bit annoying. <laughs> Rose she's fine. You need to leave her sleep loud when she's on your lives. She was snoring a little face off. God love her. I know. I saw your comment, let sleeping dogs lie. I will try my best. <laughs> she's a sleepy child she can't help that that's okay, okay. so what in, before we finish up what's going on what's exciting what can we expect after kickback what's happening in theo land uh so after kickback um i mean i guess the next big thing is i'm headed to norway yeah. um the first week of september i'm going there it's kind of my first time outside of afghanistan I actually did play a couple shows in Tasmania when I was there. Um, wow. I have family in Tassie, so I played some shows there. But other than that, I don't have a ton of experience international touring. So I'm playing a big show in Norway, which I'm really excited about. On the way back, I'm stopping in Copenhagen in Denmark. I'm working with a couple just incredible producers there that I'm really lucky to work with. Uh, to have gotten in with them is really exciting. So going to try to bring some of that kind of Euro pop flair to having a Britney like, Spears I, moment to yeah, a exactly. Swedish pop moment. Yes. <laughs> Do we love that for you? Try to bring some of that to like my kind of like underground R and B vibe. 
uh, I think that it's going to be like a cool mix. Um, we're dropping another single first week of October, which is already oh, written, yeah. mastered. It's ready to go. Um, and it is probably, I mean, I can't say too much about it. If you pop on my TikTok, you'll most likely hear a snippet sometime. Uh, but it is, I'm just super, super, super excited about that song. I think that we hit the perfect balance between, you know, art and commerce. I feel like it could be a smash. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. And then other than that, it's just the fall is going to be spent in the studio writing and building, you know, hopefully two or three more trilogies to release next year. Wow. Busy, busy, busy boy. Never stops. Can't stop. So if you, as I said earlier, if you don't follow Theo already, please jump onto Spotify. You can hear his stuff there, Facebook, and of course, join the community over at TikTok. They are a lovely group of people. Theo, thank you so much for your time this evening. It is much appreciated. We, yeah, we at Uncensored Radio have yes, are, are big fans. So we really want to thank you for joining us. And yeah, best of luck with everything in the future. We'll be watching thank with you. eagle thank eyes. You. Such a pleasure yeah. chatting with you. I will see you yes. on a TikTok live soon, I'm sure. <laughs> you will. <laughs> All right, and we'll talk to you soon. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.